Welcome to Navigating the Grid, the podcast that takes you on a journey through the complex world of NERC compliance. I'm your host, Kelly McPherson, and I'm here to be your guide as we navigate reliability and security on the power grid. On today's episode, we're joined by my co-host, Matthew Detners. In this episode, we'll be discussing how internal controls helped a client get through a recent NERC audit successfully. For entities looking to mature their compliance program and have a more successful audit, internal controls should be considered as the next critical step in that evolution. Good morning, Matthew. Thanks for joining us again today. Good morning. I'm glad to be back. Well, you know, I'm going to put you a little on the spot today. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about. Really excited for you. You kind of crossed a really big milestone over the past month. Uh, you finished a, an audit with a client that is has a lot of registration, registered in a lot of functions, and uh, has a SIP medium control center. They've got a big compliance program that they're running. So congratulations on making your way through that audit successfully. Thank you. Couldn't have done it without the support of everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great, great to watch it unfold. I think one of the things that I noticed going through the audit was the internal controls that you worked with the client to set up and how that really impacted the ability to get through the, the audit well. I just today wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about internal controls. Um, you know, I remember back, I guess this would have been probably about 2000. 12 or 13, um, NERC brought on a new director. They started, they created a new position, director of internal controls, and they brought somebody fresh out of the military who hadn't actually worked on NERC standards before. And they, he was a, I believe a two-star general, uh, brought him over and to set up internal controls because so much of the way NERC viewed things, they felt like, you know, that in military influence would really affect, you know, helping set up these in internal controls in a good manner. And so since then, over the last 10 years, we've seen an evolution of internal controls and what the expectations are from the regulators. I think every region has a different take on how they implement internal controls. And I think it's interesting. We've yet to really see a fully functional internal controls plan, like expectation. You know, the standards are so specific, right? Or a lot of the standards are very specific, <laughs> right? There are some that are that sometimes drive us a little crazy because they're not as specific as we would like them to be. Right. But generally speaking, you know, they're, very, they're pretty prescriptive. But I think when it's come to internal compliance programs and then internal control programs, I think we just haven't seen a lot of specification. And so I think entities are left to really determine what internal controls are for themselves. You know, the requirement I think now I would say is to have some sort of internal controls and then there's no really specifications from there. But I think watching, you know, go through that audit last month, I think seeing those internal controls kind of come into play was really beneficial and really made a big difference in the success of that audit. So tell me what you think from an, from your perspective in that audit and generally speaking with your customers and clients, you know, what internal controls do you like, like, how is that valuable? How does that impact an entity's compliance program? That's a really good question. Thank you, Kelly. Internal controls are important to me and I guess uh, all utilities that I work with because 
it keeps it makes compliance almost an all hands on deck kind of situation. It makes everybody kind of think about it. And when you have everybody thinking about it, you get a lot more ideas, you get a lot more inputs, and you get a lot more time to really think about it. These issues, if there are issues, they're brought to the forefront of your field of view very early on rather than later, you know, at audit time. Things are kind of more predictable have, when you have these controls in place. Um, it really does become all hands on deck and enforce a really strong culture of compliance within your organization. Now, like, what is an internal control? In my mind, that's if you have some kind of software scheduler that sends out notifications uh, to various SMEs. So directly, you could actually, like, directly ping the engineering department, for instance, if you needed some kind of information periodically for, like, your misoperations or uh, your cybersecurity team, annual SIP policy reviews, uh, having automated systems or just systems that notify you of those deadlines is absolutely incredible in terms of keeping your program compliant. You know, I took a AP US history in high school and we always talked about, uh, you know, FDR, he started the alphabet soup, you know, and they they set up all these different you know, governmental agencies. And I always like in the back of my mind, I, I always laugh because I feel like NERC is like the epitome of alphabet soup <laughs> as we Go like as you start to get more and more in the weeds under. You said a SME earlier. Could you just explain what a SME is? But then also kind of like the function because you know most entities you need you have a compliance manager, but the compliance manager can't do everything. Like they're fully dependent on other people. Right, that's a really good point. The glossary of terms at NERC is kind of etched into the back of my mind or tattooed on the back of my hand, kind of thing. So I kind of forget what <laughs> terms people know and what they don't. Apologies. Um, SME, what is a SME? A SME is a subject matter expert. So that would be someone at your organization who is very proficient in a certain uh, area, be it like IT, setting up firewalls, uh, if it's HR, managing PRAs, uh, personnel role, uh, uh, personnel role risk assessments. That's it. Sorry. And, you know, everyone's got... It their, really is alphabet soup. It truly <laughs> is alphabet soup. And... Um, yeah, so when you have all of these people, not everybody knows about what compliance is, right? That's why you've got your compliance manager. But um, being able to effectively interface all of these people and create that kind of uh, dialogue, if you will, um, is incredibly critical to have a healthy communicative relationship with everybody in your organization. Compliance shouldn't be something to be feared. It should be something to be it's the golden standard we should all work towards in order to, you know, build a good system that we all can be proud of. You know, it's like painting both sides of the fence. So, that, you know, you're not going to look at the other side of the fence, but you don't want it to rot out either. So having, you know, open channels of communications with all of these or uh, like sub organizations are usually siloed or like, you know, they don't communicate very well to each other. Being able to have that kind of communication is critical for this process going through audits and managing these controls, you know, being able to know like who to reach out to if you need to report your misoperations, that kind of thing. Who's the SME? Who's the backup SME subject matter expert for that? Yeah, having that's critical. So one of the things that we do here at Radian that I think makes us unique as we're managing people's compliance programs is the the software that we use. And I think um you can argue that an Excel spreadsheet works, right? You can track things in there. You can assign SMEs and, and tasks and things like that. I think the 
problem with Excel spreadsheets is they become static over time and people forget they exist and they collect electronic dust. <laughs> Worst off is when there's two separate copies that are evolving independently from one another and then you're like, which one's the real one? It's like the two generals problem. Um, going <laughs> back to your military analogy, um, yeah. like the amount of times I've seen that happen, it's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to us about compliance software and kind of the advantages there are to looking at you deploying a tool like that. Yeah, there's a number of uh, advantages to doing it. Internally, we use Global Audit Ready here at Radiant Generation. Uh, I've been working with this tool for quite some time. The advantage, my favorite advantage is if you're thrust upon a project that's using Global Audit Ready, one of the biggest problems with compliance is what happens when someone leaves? There's just a folder structure that you may or may not understand, and everyone's kind of got their own. Have you ever looked at your coworker's desktop? It's probably a mess and doesn't make any sense compared to yours. What this brings is a standard view and set of narratives and reminder controls, which are basically like email notifications to your program. So I, earlier this year, had to get to a client that you know, I hadn't managed before we had a new, I had a new client and, uh, thankfully this client was already implemented in GAR and I was able to get spun up on that project and know exactly the status of it within minutes almost. I'm like, okay, this is what I got to do next. This is the open items. And it kind of put that linear to-do list, made it bite-sized for me. And that was incredibly helpful for getting spun up quickly. And even if the person, like if you don't have communication with them, for instance, uh, super useful. The other advantage is there if you have software. Uh, the software itself can actually reach directly out to the SMEs if you want to make your life easier as a compliance manager and like send out surveys automatically for them to answer monthly um, and go go out and collect that data. So it's like having an assistant. Uh, pretty fun, pretty useful. Yeah. yeah, I know. I really like it as a manager. I found it really great of multiple compliance managers and multiple programs and registrations because like the escalation tool, right? So like if someone goes on vacation and they forgot to do something and, you know, it doesn't get checked off, it's going to escalate. Like I'm going to get notified if there is an issue. And I think having that asynchronous type of relationship when it comes to compliance is so great. People are so busy all of the time and you're going back and forth on email and chat and who has time for another meeting on their calendar, right? But being able to look in that software and see like, yes, we have controls. And then also what is the status has been really helpful. It's funny that you mentioned that just this week, one of my colleagues was out on vacation and I got the escalation email and I don't like, I have no relationship with this client or very little, I guess I should say. And I was actually able to go handle it within minutes. Uh, PDS is a periodic data submission, kind of similar to a RFI or quest for information. The Campbell's uh, chicken noodle soup is definitely out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, too many yeah. letters, but yeah, no. So it's the value there is huge. Yeah, and let people enjoy Absolutely. their vacations. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, you know that ongoing, consistent inter internal controls is really important. So I think as folks are looking for maturity in their programs and how to do things better, and you know, sometimes people are in a phase of you know of their compliance programs where they're just trying to get the absolute minimum done. Like they're just trying to get through the beginning initial stages. But I think as people are looking to mature in their programs and 
uh, from a compliance perspective, getting those internal an internal control program in place, you know, whatever tool you use, agnostic of that, those internal controls are so important. So to your point of your colleague out on vacation, they, uh, you know, making sure that those things get covered is really important. Definitely. And being able to provide that and safe repository of information and know who to reach out to at that utility, like their email was already there. It, just, it told me what to do. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your time today, Matthew, and, and congratulations on uh, the audit Thank and all you. the great work that you've been doing at Radian. We're really lucky to have you on our team. So thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me on again. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us today. As you know, this podcast is powered by Radiant Generation, and we are committed to helping support asset owners navigate the grid. If you need help implementing internal controls, don't hesitate to reach out. Mm -hmm.